ADP knows anything you hear, anything you don't hear, anything you kind of heard, anything you weren't supposed to hear and now have to pretend like you didn't, can change the world of work. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. Today in Watching Your Wealth, five things millennials need to know about Social Security. This is Watching Your Wealth from The Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Mary Beth Franklin is a contributing editor at Investment News. She's an award-winning journalist and former Capitol Hill reporter specializing in retirement. She's also a certified financial planner. Welcome, Mary Beth. Thanks, Veronica. I'm glad to be here. Great to have you. So we're here to chat about what millennials need to know about Social Security. And the first thing I want to say is when I talk to my friends, we all assume that it's not going to be around when we get older. What do you say to us? I say it will be there for you. Now, I'm a baby boomer. I'm 61. And it's going to mean more to me than it probably will be to you and your friends. But you have to remember, it's the most popular program in federal history. And Congress knows that. Uh, There are long-term financing problems, but Congress will step in and fix it sometime before the trust funds, as we call them, run dry. When are they saying they're going to run dry? Because I've heard different years, and, you know, how are they going to fix that? (laughs) Well, let me back up and just explain quickly what the trust fund is. Um, First of all, there is no filing cabinet, the Treasury Department, that says, Social Security. It's basically, those nasty payroll taxes we all pay from oh, yeah. our paycheck, the FICA taxes, that money is earmarked to pay Social Security benefits. And for the last 30 years, the government has been collecting more money than it actually needed, knowing that this big baby boomer generation was going to start retiring. Mm-hmm. So that excess money is called the trust fund. Mm-hmm. And we've already started to draw down on it. And if Congress does nothing, the trust fund will run out of money around 2034. Mm. That does not mean there wouldn't be any money to pay Social Security benefits. There would be enough FICA taxes to pay about 75% of promised benefits if Congress did nothing. But frankly, no one's going to be satisfied with 75% of promised benefits. That's true, especially if you've been paying into it. Uh, you know, you keep mentoning Congress. It seems like Social Security is such a hot-button issue, and it, it's been avoided. Sometimes they talk about it, then it goes away. Do you think they're actually going to do something about it? And if so, when do you think that might happen? Yes, I am confident Congress will fix the long-term financing problem. But they might not get to get it you know, right away. Um, trust funds run dry around 2034. They might get serious maybe around 2030. Mm. Unfortunately, the sooner they do something, the easier the solutions will be. Let That's me give you an point. example. When I was a very young Capitol Hill reporter in 1983, when Social Security really was running out of money, they created all these reforms that raised more revenues, changed the benefits a bit, gradually raised the full retirement age. And those um, changes are still being phased in nearly 40 years later. Hmm. For example, your generation, born in 1960 or later, full retirement age is 67. That change does not occur until 2027. So the longer you give these reforms to phase in, the easier they are to accept. If you wait till 2030 to make changes, 
to take effect in 2034, it could be a lot harsher. Right, because you might be scrambling. Speaking of retirement age, do you think it's going to go up again? I think looking at our increased longevity, it will definitely go up. But I'm talking for today's diaper set. You know, your mm-hmm. two-year-old might have to wait till 70 to get full retirement age benefit. But when you think that Social Security was created in 1935 with a full retirement age of 65, and right now, 80 years later, we're only up to 66, Hmm. it hasn't changed drastically given the changes in longevity. So I think it's likely, but you won't see everything on the benefit side because by raising the full retirement age, you're also it's a backdoor benefit cut. You have to wait longer to get your full benefit. I think you'll also see something on the revenue side. It could be tweaking the percentage we pay in payroll taxes. It could be um, a gradual increase in the amount of wages that are subject to FICA taxes. Right now, it's $118,500 a year. It increases for cost of living adjustments. But because so many Americans make so much more than that wage cap, only about 83% of American wages are being taxed. Um, back in 1983, it was 90% of wages. So if we let that float back up to 90%, you would be paying taxes on about $250,000 a year. And that would solve about 75% of the long-term financing problem. Interesting, interesting. Now, you said the millennials could come out ahead of their parents when it comes to Social Security. Really? Really, they could. Um, when you think of the fact that you receive Social Security benefits for the rest of your life, no matter how long you live. And today's 30-year-olds, who would be full retirement age about 35 years from now, could easily live to 100. Oh, man. A lot more than previous generations. And when you look at the benefits of Social Insurance, it's the combination of the Social Security benefits that give you income and retirement, and the Medicare benefits that are going to pay for a lot of your health care and retirement. Today's 30-year-old couple, when they retire at 65, lifetime benefits for Social Security and Medicare are estimated to be about $2 million compared to today's retirees, where their combined benefits will probably be about a $1 million. Interesting. Now, we only have about 30 seconds left. And you said one thing folks may not realize about Social Security. It's more than retirement benefits. Can you just give us a quick explanation? Right. It is also disability benefits if you are unable to work, and that would be for you and your qualified family members, like a spouse or a minor child. And if you die, your spouse and if you have minor children are also entitled to survivor benefits. So Social Security acts like Um, like a retirement annuity, like life insurance, and like disability insurance. Really important safety net, indeed. This is all really interesting, Mary Beth. I would love for you to stick around and take our financial version of the press. Do you game to do that? Absolutely. Great. You stay with us, too. Hi, this is Kevin Sitzemong. This is Beth Cracklauer. Check us out on the Off-Duty Podcast. We talk about food, cocktails, all of the finer things in life. Check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. And become a subscriber on iTunes. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. Now it's time for retirement expert Mary Beth Franklin to take our financial version of the Proust. Mary Beth, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Real quick, what's the best financial advice you ever received? When my first child was born in 1984, 
someone told me to buy a zero-coupon bond. Even though people don't like them, my son had a bond that paid 11 and a quarter percent wow. for 18 years. Oh, my goodness. college on it. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow, what did I do for that? Um, worst financial advice? When I went to work for Kiplinger's Magazine in 1998, my existing colleague said, cash out that zero coupon bond, you know, four years before high school graduation and put it in the stock market. And that was right before the market crashed. Glad I didn't listen. (laughs) I'm glad you didn't either. Fill in the blank. Money can buy? Security and peace of mind. Very true. Money can't buy? Love or friendship. Very true again. Now, if you won a million dollars after tax, what would you do with it? I have two grown sons who I'm afraid due to their... Uh, career choices as a club DJ and a videographer uh, may never break into the housing market on their own. Mm. If I had some spare cash, I would certainly like to at least help them buy houses. Good mom. Wow. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. A lot of wonderful tips and information. Check out your uh, Mary Beth's columns if you haven't read them. Highly recommend them. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And this has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. But what policy changes should investors be watching? Washington Wise is an original podcast for investors from Charles Schwab that unpacks the stories making news in Washington and how they may affect your finances and portfolio. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise.